2: Yeah,
0: we're back again. It's actually good weather today. It was kind of gross the last couple of days, and then it just like rain came through. That was good. It's a good thing. Yeah, yeah. It was
3: boring yesterday.
0: Yeah, that's okay. I'll take it. We will take it. So yeah, we always start with the weather, it seems here. because <laughs> <laughs> Either that or complaining about the neighbors or the leaf blowers, which I haven't actually heard recently. Okay. Although I do have a neighbor who I think has a lawn contractor that does come and gets the leaf blowers out but I figure by the time I actually got somebody there to do something about it they would be like disappeared into the woods so
3: maybe they're listening to the podcast
0: <laughs> I somehow doubt
3: it but...
0: <laughs> all right well that was Bill Sutton that you heard at the top of the podcast hey Bill
1: hey Annette I'm Bill Sutton I'm the managing editor of the Express News Group
0: and I'm Annette Hankel, and I'm the Arts and Living Editor of the Express News Group. And also joining us today is a very special guest, and I want you all to meet Caitlin Foley. Hey, Caitlin. Hi, Annette. So Caitlin has been like my my uh, right-hand gal all summer long. Um, Caitlin is our summer intern um, going into your senior year at Villanova? Yes, that is correct. Wow.
3: How did that happen so quick? You no, know, it flew. I mean, I got here in May and then all of a sudden I blinked and it was early August. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So I don't know. I, we always think it's kind of fun to bring up.
1: That happens when when your employers are slave drivers, Caitlin.
0: I'm just saying. <laughs> Speak for yourself, Bill. <laughs> Um, I think it's, it, we kind of, it's funny cause we do get interns every summer. Um, we tend, we tend to have, um, an intern that works with me in the arts section. And then usually a news intern who also joins us and covers more of the community newsy village boardy, whatever bill can come up with to send them on, um, every summer. And it's kind of, it's kind of fun. Like in the beginning, when our interns arrive and i don't know if you go through this bill there's kind of this like bringing them up to the speed curve and it's always a little bit daunting cuz you're getting hit with the summer season and you're getting a new intern who may or may not be a journalism major and you just have to throw them in and and hope that they swim
1: there's always that moment when you open the 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 their first um article the first copy and and it's a trepidatious moment and you're, and you're like is this person going to be able to write? And, you know, I mean, because they send they send clips and stuff when they apply for the internship, but you don't know how heavily edited mm-hmm. they are. And, and I think certainly and in the interns that we've had recently, and in, including Caitlin, we are we're all pleasantly surprised by um, by their abilities.
0: Thank you. I appreciate that. So, <laughs> well, Caitlin, tell us about what your major is, because I don't think you are one of the people that's coming to us from a journalism um,
3: major, right? Right, yeah. I at Villanova they don't offer a journalism major per se. Like you could do communication with like a concentration in either PR or like a variety of other things. Journalism is one of those concentrations. So I'm a double major in English and communication with that concentration in journalism. Mm-hmm. Um pretty much I just love to write and I've always been kind of interested in the news. World news industry so I was really excited to get this internship and have the opportunity to work alongside both of you.
1: <laughs> you you think that's something that you're gonna pursue as a career? are you undecided yet or you have other plans or
3: I think it's always been an interest of mine like since high school I kind of thought like journalism would be a really cool. Uh, career to pursue and something that I'm interested in. I love talking to people. I love learning about different things. I like changing up my day to day. Um, And I think that I've really experienced that this summer as well. I've met so many interesting people written about a variety of topics. Um, So, yeah, I I could see myself definitely pursuing this as a longer term career. Cool. So I'm curious what you thought this internship was going to be and how it
0: might have been different when you actually got into um, working with us?
3: Well, I think that one thing I didn't necessarily realize is there was actually two offices. Um, There's one in Southampton and one in Sag Harbor, and I had never really experienced the Sag Harbor town, so that was really cool, just getting to see more of the East End. Um, And also how easy it is to do phone interviews as well as in person and kind of like flipping back and forth between those mediums. Uh, It's really, once you get the hang of it, um, it's actually fairly simple in my mind, at least. Uh, I think that's just cause though, like I, I I like talking with people and I can type fast and I like writing about things. So maybe that's just me.
0: You realize how many more interviews you can get done when you're doing them on the phone as opposed to mm. going in person. Yeah. Um, yes. But I imagine some of the things that we sent you on going in person really sort of made a difference. I wondered if you wanted to talk about some of the locations that we sent you to that were particularly um, impactful for you.
3: Right. Well, I went all across the East End. At one point, I went up to Riverhead um, to sit in on a um, senior scam prevention seminar. Mm -hmm. And that was pretty cool. That was for kind of like local news, I believe. And it was nice to learn, like, you know, like there are certain things out there that you need to look out for. uh, And writing an article that I knew people would would read and hopefully learn something from that was cool and then I went all the way out to East Hampton for several articles I recently I went to Guild Hall um, and I got to see this exhibit firsthand and talk to um, an artist who does, does digital art and you can find that I believe at this point it should be I'll be publishing that like next week, I believe.
0: Leo Royale Leo, Leo is the artist. Yes. We'll be getting a story up by him. Yeah. And we also sent you to the Piano Fest house, right?
3: Yes. That was really cool too. Um, the Piano Fest house has, I want to say over seven grand piano or big pianos in yeah, there. Yeah. I mean, and all these students are they're playing pianos there's a piano in the kitchen there's pianos in the bedrooms there's pianos like yeah. next to chessboards. like so that was really cool getting to meet people and see those like types of environments firsthand I think was definitely like really interesting and kind of helped me craft the story yes being in a house that has like all those grand pianos is kind
0: of kind of important you can't really get that on the phone I guess mm-hmm. right
1: yeah. it's got to be inspiring yeah Did you realize that you were going to be writing as much as, as you ended up writing coming into the internship? I mean, there was always the old joke that, you know, the interns were would come in and and you would just send them for coffee or whatever. But I think at, at the express group, we've always tried to really, um, you know, help interns get a a good sense of what they would be doing um, on a weekly basis as, you know, as, as a reporter. And certainly I think we want to get our money's worth too out of, out of out of the internships and you know and help out with the enormous amount of copy that that we produced during the summer was it was it a surprise or kind of a net had clued you in that you'd be working hard
3: I think it was somewhat of a like a good surprise like I was pleasantly surprised by how much trust was put in me so early on to just conduct my own interviews no one was really observing that I kind of had to just jump in and be confident in the fact that I was doing um, what I was supposed to be doing. And I mean, you guys gave great guidelines at first and I feel like I was eased in well, but after like this, by the second week, like I was, I was pursuing my own stories. I went to the John Steinbeck house, like by myself, that was a really cool location. I went to Sag Harbor. It was a beautiful day over Memorial day weekend. And I think that was my first article, but I went alone and I walked around the property and I tried to get some quotes from the people around at the house. And yeah, that was just another thing. I was I was surprised that there was so much trust put in me, but I also really appreciated that. Cause I think um, I was able to learn in the field. And I think that's the best way you're ever gonna learn at, in any career is go out there and do the job that you're supposed to be doing instead of constantly just like listening to other people doing that job or telling you what to do and getting the coffee and just sitting in on meetings like I feel like that's not the same as kind of just going out and and writing and doing it so I think that's why I was I was really appreciative and pleasantly surprised by how much I was writing every week
1: yeah I'm a big proponent of, of learn by doing and I think um, you know we've seen some interns come in and you know and and they you know they there's the the academic atmosphere is is a little bit different and i think you know you it's it's necessary to to learn the craft but i i think you have you know you have uh students who who write one or two stories a semester and they're and they're usually longer form stories and and all that but but you don't realize the intensity of deadline pressure and getting stuff done for you know for you know Uh, an upcoming edition, and then immediately turning around and, um, you know, and looking at the next deadline and the next deadline after that. And I think that's really an important lesson, hopefully, that we impart.
3: Mm
0: -hmm. Oh, for sure. I feel like that's definitely something that Caitlin learned, because I felt like in the beginning, it's like you were doing so much reporting on a story that really wasn't going to be that long. Mm -hmm. You know, like, oh, I think I need to talk to this person. I felt like like a lot of times students come to this internship with the idea of like writing an academic paper, kind of looking at the end of the term, you know, the big giant paper. And it's, but the thing about journalism, it's like, okay, by Friday, you gotta be done with this. Wherever you are, you gotta just cut it off, you know? So I think that's the thing that was sort of interesting is is kind of getting you into that mode where you you don't have to interview every single person that's connected to the story. You know, once you have two, you know, I think three is like, a huge number of of voices to get into a story that's only going to be a thousand words or 800 words you know yeah. um, so I think that was something that that's always kind of interesting is is kind of making the shift from the term paper to the journalistic story and switching things around and um putting maybe some something kind of kitschy and weird that maybe happened later in your interview right up at the top because a lot of people just tend to write chronologically when they're just starting out first this happened then this happened this this happened but if you know the last five minutes of your interview like a parrot throat goes through the room and starts cursing well that's gonna be (laughs) your lead
3: you know (laughs) what i'm saying of course i (laughs) think that that was the thing that I really had to learn uh, was how to write those leads and how to not necessarily write in chronological order, but pull things from different places. And if you're interviewing more than one person, how do you mix and match those interviews and make them all one cohesive article where people don't feel like it's choppy or they're being like pulled left and right, you know? I I think that that was one of the... Um, More helpful things that I learned here was just kind of getting out of that mindset of like, as an English major, I'm writing a lot of those like long papers, you know, like up to five pages. And you, and you're really like curating and organizing and you spend so much time with the same words, but this, you're right. It's like it's a one-week turnaround a lot of times. And you just gotta, you gotta get it in and write. You just gotta trust yourself. I feel like that's something that you have to learn too in journalism. Just trust that you are covering the story to your best of your ability. And I, I also feel like by by now I've gotten better at writing some of those leads, more interesting leads. And I think that that's one of the more valuable things that I've learned here.
1: Local support comes from the law firm of Toomey, Latham, Shea, Kelly, Dubin, and Corderaro. In these trying times, working full-time for their clients and the public interest, providing strong advocacy and attentive counsel, be well advised. SuffolkLaw.com
0: 27 Speaks is brought to you by Sag Harbor Books and Southampton Books, independent bookstores located in the villages at 7 Main Street in Sack Harbor and 16 Hampton Road in Southampton. They buy books. Collections, libraries, individual titles. Very easy process. They handle everything. Do you have books to sell? Call or email today or visit SouthamptonSagHarborBooks.com. Now hiring booksellers at both locations, including office positions. I think Bill could probably speak to this too. I, well, you know, you've, you've worked with a lot of interns and I feel like that choppiness is one of the, one of the things that, that a lot of students come to the job with like they're an interesting topic and then they want to introduce the next topic and it's just like somebody slammed the door here's the next topic. But that smoothing that out is. I. Th-
1: and, and, then, and then there's a concluding paragraph like you would have in, in an essay and you know, and all that. Yeah, it's a look. It's a craft, and 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 we're teaching a craft. But but I think that you know the people that we've worked with, and and particularly you know Caitlin and and all that is is the the, the natural ability is there. You've got to be a natural storyteller. And Caitlin, you were saying you've got to trust yourself. That's where that trusting yourself comes in. Is is your storyteller? We're all storytellers, and how am I going to tell the story and you have to trust yourself to be that storyteller and not get mired down by what this person said or that person said, and just be able to tell the story. That's where the, the flow comes in. Right. And, and I think if we can, and that, if we can impart that on, on our interns um, you know, I think then we've, we've kind of won the battle there.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think one of the harder things, even for, I mean, I, I deal have a problem all the time is trying to keep your interview subjects on on track too Mm -hmm. Uh, because sometimes you'll get people that aren't used to being interviewed um, and they might just start meandering and telling you about you know that time when they went to Woodstock and you're not writing about Woodstock you know (laughs) interesting but I don't know did you face that much Caitlin where you had to sort of um, work on trying to keep people focused on the message that you really wanted to get through
3: yes I think that sometimes getting someone on track in an interview can be difficult because uh, sometimes they might not know the exact story angle that you're going for, uh, or what you're talking about, or they might not understand that they're just one of several mm-hmm. interviews that you're conducting for a larger story. And I think just having that patience and being able to maybe listen to their story and then ask a follow-up question that has more to do with the story that you want to tell. Um, -hmm. and things like that. Cause you also, you want to be respectful and you want to make a good reputation on the behalf of the press and also yourself. You don't want to like interrupt someone and be like, actually, that's not what I'm talking about. Um, so I don't know. I think that, but what I was saying before is I think that sometimes it can be easier to get someone, um, to stay on track and answer your questions when it's in person versus over the phone because you can't read mm-hmm. body language you can't necessarily see how the person is reacting to your story so they might be telling you like about their childhood and how like oh I became uh interested in the color blue when i was like playing with my brother outside when i was four or something i don't know like something silly where you're like well i can't really use that when i'm talking about a larger event yeah
1: but you have to be careful at the same time because sometimes um you know those anecdotes um would while it's not something you've asked could could work really well in the story and could turn into the lead of the story or um you know or 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 be useful but you don't want to have 10 hours of of interview that you've got to review to to go through and get the story at the same time so it's a balance, I think.
0: I think it's also helpful when you have somebody who's happy to talk versus people who don't. Like I've also interviewed people, uh, I'm sure you too have have, have too, Bill, where they're just kind of suspicious and suspect. It's like, oh, I don't want that in the story. Oh, I can't say that. Oh, I shouldn't have said that. Or, or, how are you going to do, how, what, what are you going to say about this? And, you know, just people that are super, super nervous about having their voice in the paper. Um,
1: or, you get the, or you get the one word answers. Or the one
0: word answers. Yeah. yeah, that's always rough right yeah that's when you have to sort of think on your feet and um and uh, maybe think as you're interviewing the person like okay who else can I get a hold of to this yeah. up you know like that's what's going on it in-
1: try to elicit it tell me a story about your childhood where did yeah. the color come
0: in? <laughs> yeah yeah why <laughs> is that
1: so important
0: how many <laughs> parrots laying around <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's interesting. So, uh, so do you feel like you like your writing has has changed in a way at all? Like, is it going to translate to even when you get back to school and have to do papers for school? Do you imagine what you've learned this summer will have an impact on your writing skills going forward?
3: I think I've definitely developed um better journalistic style writing and I think it's also taken me out of that mindset of like I can rearrange things like I can make the openings of my papers or articles or whatever I'm writing more interesting and kind of start there work down to I think I was so involved in the let's come up with a thesis at the end of the introductory paragraph like hold the hand of the reader type thing and I think Sometimes you need to grab the reader uh, with interesting anecdotes at the beginning. Uh, So I think that that was something that I learned and I definitely think my writing has improved uh, throughout this internship, uh, especially journalistic style writing. And I'm definitely going to take the lessons that I learned at this internship into my um, academic setting.
2: Hi, I'm Joe Shaw, executive editor of the Express News Group. You might recognize my voice because, frankly, it's everywhere. On the radio, television, podcasts, and at live events that we regularly hold. I wouldn't blame you for being a little sick of hearing my voice, but there's a reason for all that. In addition to keeping you informed by publishing the Southampton Press, the East Hampton Press, and the Sag Harbor Express, and the website 27east.com, we have another goal. We believe local issues are so important that they deserve to be discussed and debated and we want to lead those conversations in every place that we can. In fact, it's a key part of our mission. It makes this a better community. You can help us for just $5 a month for both print and digital. You can stay informed as you join the discussion and you get the satisfaction of knowing that you are supporting the press and the express and 27 East and all that we do. Go to 27East.com backslash subscribe and talk to you again soon.
0: So one of the things I had worried about, like since COVID, we have kind of a hybrid kind of schedule where we're only in the office a couple of days a week and um, we're working largely from home um, other days of the week, which actually I feel like works out really well because I could just roll out of bed, sit down at my computer and I'm working before I, you know, even have to. Think about lunch, you know. Whereas if you go to the office, it's like, where am I going to get my coffee? Where am I going to have lunch? Am I going to make lunch? Am I going to, oh, what am I going to wear? You know, that kind of thing. You don't have to deal with that when you're working from home. But Bill, I don't know if you worried about this at all, but with the interns, I wondered if they would feel like they were getting a meaningful experience because so much of us, uh, we're all just sort of doing our own thing in our own world. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, absolutely. It, it, it's, a, it can, it's been a concern the last couple of years. And, and, um, I, I think there's, there's a benefit to the newsroom experience. Um, and, you know, there's elements of it that are kind of like the old newspaper movies where you've got a, you know, a boisterous newsroom and um, you know, and people, you know, talking to each other and, and seeking advice and, you know, what is, what's a, what's a synonym for this word or, or whatever. And, and I think that, um um that that's kind of missing right now. And and so, you know, the, the concern is I think with the interns that they're going to miss out on that. And I don't know if that, but, but mm-hmm. I don't know if that'll ever come back. So, right. um you know, I, I think it's it's more in, you know, on, on us, you and I and editors to adjust to, okay. you know, to the, to the new world, to the changed world and, you know, and figure out how we're going to get, all that instruction through, um, you know, in, in, in different ways, I guess.
0: I mean, honestly, honestly having, you know, working, spending time both in the South Hampton office and the Sag Harbor office, I almost feel like there's more conversation going on in the Sag Harbor office. I don't know if you, you know what I mean? Like, even though there's only like a handful of us, um, there's just something about this the, the Southampton office. We're all kind of facing our computers with our backs to the room. Whereas it's a
1: cavern it's, it's a cavernous newsroom. And and room. half and, of the
0: people aren't there. It's not like it was before the pandemic when it really was kind of a bustling newsroom. Um now I feel like I go in there and it's so quiet. It's like, wow, this is quieter than sitting in my living room sometimes. Um, do you know what I mean? So um, you know, we Yeah,
1: and, and I think so. I I'm, I'm in the office Monday, Tuesday and, and and Wednesday every week but those are the really busy days. Yeah. Um so I mean if I'm focused on stuff that I've got to get done, you know, to meet my deadlines, um it it's harder to, you know, to take the time to, you know, to to talk to other people whether it's interns or or reporters or or whomever and you know and 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 offer some guidance or or you know ask about stories they're working on and that type of thing. So um I, I think that tends to feel a little quieter just because you know the editors are are focused on what they're doing. So Thursdays and Fridays, you know, back in in the world be- before COVID, those were always Great days. We would go to lunch. You know, we would have newsroom lunches and and stuff. And 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 there was a, a little more camaraderie, I, I think. And um, you know, conversations about you know, um, you know, with interns or young reporters, what do you want to do with your future and that type of thing. And so you miss out on 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 some of that. And I guess it's it's our responsibility to try to make up for that through the dreaded um 100,000 emails that we send to each other every day and <laughs> zoom calls and 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 that type of thing and hopefully it all gets across.
0: I feel like we need to add a um a speaker component where we have like the manual typewriter sound. Um, going through yeah. just—I mean, that's the thing. You know, you watch like all the presidents vet. It's like, wow, you know, it's like ding, ding, like you just kind of miss out on um, all
1: that. Stuff. And and the police radio in the police background. Radio. Oh, right, yeah.
0: right, right. Yeah, that doesn't drive you crazy. So, Caitlin, I—I'd I, be interested in your impression of the two um, offices, Southampton versus Sag Harbor, um, and and sort of how you how you know what you took from working in both of those very different places.
3: I think it was. Interesting because I ended up having this unintentional routine of for, for I think the majority of July. I ended up in the Sag Harbor office on Tuesdays typically, and then I'd end up in the Southampton office on Mondays and Wednesdays, which was fun because I got to see different faces frequently. Um, and I think Wednesdays in the Southampton office were really cool and rewarding because you get to see all of the physical printouts of every sheet of paper that's going to be in the news and I remember like that was really cool when I first got um when I first got here for my first week of the internship I was like wow like this is really like a newsroom you know like and people are bustling around have their red pens like
1: see how the sausage is being made
2: yeah
3: yeah yeah and that's that was really cool and I think yeah just traveling between offices and also I think figuring out how Working from home would look like for me. Uh, I think sometimes I would even go into the Southampton office on a Thursday and, like, not a soul would be there, but that was just my personal choice because I don't have a desk at my house. So sometimes I would just go into the Southampton office on my own whim, after, either before or after our weekly Zoom, which I found very um, interesting. And also it kind of connected the office Mm -hmm. as well over Zoom, if you didn't see everyone that week. Uh, So I always found those Mm -hmm. um, rewarding as well, because you also get to hear what everyone's working on. So the Thursday Zooms, I think, kind of bring everyone together and make it feel more of like that camaraderie feeling. Uh, but, But I also think Wednesdays are great, and Mondays you'll often find people in the office too. So And Tuesdays, I will agree, in that Sag Harbor office, I think it's because it's it's a little smaller and brighter and so I think people are more have have higher tendency to like turn around in their chair and be like hey like what's up or like oh here's what happened this weekend to me and I don't know I just always found that entertaining
0: we also have Brian Boyhan and Ellen Dioguardi in that office and both of them um always are very very up for a interesting debate and discussion which is kind of fun um
1: Maybe I should drive out to Sag Harbor a couple times a month and work in that office because I never get a chance to.
0: You should definitely. There's plenty of space. I think for Caitlin, that was yeah, that was interesting too because you know when you're you know caitlin um spent summers out here she didn't um, live out here year round and when you do that you're often sort of where your um where your parents have the home so caitlin has spent a lot of time in the west hampton beach area but i don't think she had really gotten further east that much so i think sag harbor was a whole new animal for her and um i even got you know i got her to go see a couple of one of the plays at bay street theater so she could see what that was about Mm. um, and bring her up to speed on that but i think that was kind of a surprise for you was how much you enjoyed coming Zach Harbor. Yes,
3: right? I agree. I think it was really cool to explore that far down in the East End. Because I don't know why I just I didn't really know what I'd be doing or where I'd be traveling throughout the summer, but now I feel like I have a lot more knowledge of this area. And that was really rewarding too because I've been coming out here every summer of my life.
0: Yeah, that's always one of the challenges is bringing an intern up to speed if they're not familiar with the local organizations, you know, um, that can take some time. So I feel like, uh, yeah, we really threw a lot uh, at you. It's like, okay, this is how this fits into this, this part, this place does this, this place is over here and you know, I mean, yeah, even the Parish Art Museum. We had you go there and um to the talk. I thought that was really interesting. The um right now at the Parish Art Museum, there's a big mural on the side of the museum of the museum of children running. And um, it turns out that the the artist is this guy JR from Paris. And um, and I didn't realize it was him at first, but he's done some really, really cool, um, very political kinds of artwork all over the all over the world. Like he installed this giant photograph of a child. Um, looking over the border wall uh, with Mexico, like wanting to play, you know, giant thing. And he's done really interesting artwork in um, Ukraine um, related to, you know, children in the war, which is kind of his thing. Um, But I thought that was a cool opportunity. Like you were able to sort of see a, a world-class artist who um, is not really connected to this area but has this piece here and you know that's that's what's kind of unusual about about this part of part of the world is that you sometimes get these heavy hitters showing up that are like whoa wait a minute I know who that guy is you know
3: no of course so, I thought that was really like going to the parish art museum like that was really cool witnessing like JR's talk about not even just his mural but all of his other past projects too that was really and entertaining and informative um, talk that I was able to witness. And I think another thing that was really cool is when I, like, I remember the first week I got there um, to the South Hanson offices, I went over with Annette to the uh, Peter Marino Art Foundation. And that was really cool too, because we just got to walk around and it's this, I, I didn't know we had so much art just in Southampton. And that was really cool. Um and I don't know, just I just learning about different locations and all of the like art and culture that we have in this area. Um just kind of it just kind of opened my eyes. So we got you to Longhouse too, which was really yes, fun. That um, was cool too, was for sure. That was really it was a lot of outdoor stuff. But that was that was a really awesome event as well. And that was early on yeah. as well. I think I visited a lot of the different um art organizations really quickly and I think that that helped me become more comfortable with like the area and the territory that I was going to be covering throughout the summer
0: and I think for our part I don't know Bill if you do this when we have interns but I often send um, interns on things that are um are easier as far as if they go and just take some photographs we could just do like a long caption if the story doesn't come together Hmm. you know what I mean Like, you know, rather than something that has to run in this specific issue, I tried to give Caitlin early on some things that were just sort of like, we don't have to get it in in the next week. So that could give her more time to write it if she needed to, or it could just be um, a a cute little photo package of three or four photos with a big caption. And that way you sort of, um, you you kind of take the pressure off of it being like something that must run in the next issue um, in order to be relevant and timely. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, well, and I think that's a skill, you know, a skill that we can teach too. And I think so. It's it's probably harder to do that with with news because you're you're looking at specific, you know, um, you know, event events or whatever. But but yeah, I, I think it, in that same vein, to you know, to give an assignment to an intern and say, I'm not sure if this is a story yet, but why don't you make some calls and dig into it a little bit. And you decide whether it's interesting enough or whether it's newsy enough to to be a story. And I think we did that, um, you know, a couple of times with um, the news intern we had uh, this year, JP, um, you know, where, where he made some calls and he's like, yeah, I, I don't know if that's going to work out or, or whatever, or, you know, the original idea is to do a longer story. And, you know, when he comes back and says, there's not a lot to it and and so maybe you do something a little bit shorter. Yeah, um, uh, Caitlin, you did a, a couple of news stories, one or two news stories. Um, I mean, you were you were obviously brought in as as the arts intern, but um, is is news a direction that you would want to look at and explore a little in the future, or or, or do you think it's it's mostly um, you know you really like the lifestyle stuff better?
3: I really liked both. I think they were different, uh, but similar in the sense where I still got to talk to people and I learned a lot. Um, like I was mentioning,
1: skills, skills, skills are the yes, same, exactly. right? Basically. But
3: the topics are definitely different and both. I don't know. I think, I think I would be willing to go into onto either path. Um, and I'm really grateful that I got the opportunity to explore both genres of more lifestyle and then more news. Um, I don't know. I think it was yeah, like I covered some more serious topics. Um and then I also covered some more like I feel like a lot of the arts uh events too were were more some of these like big heavy hitting like like the Hampton's Fine Art Fair. That was um a lot of serious artists and a lot of like expensive art in one location mm-hmm. and I feel like that was I don't know. I think, I think everything was really interesting and I'm not really sure which path I would take, but I'd be happy to go on either.
1: I think you'd do well with either. What was your favorite story this year that you wrote?
3: Oh, wow. I think, well, one of my favorite stories I think I wrote was because of the event I got to go to afterwards, which was the Hamptons Fine Art Fair. I was Mm. just mentioning, uh, because that was really cool. Um, I got to see all this. I got to see like a painting by Picasso and then another by Monet and Mm -hmm. just walking around this giant, um, these giant tents with all this great art. Like that was really, really awesome. Uh, And it made the experience of having written the article that much more enjoyable. But I also really enjoyed writing about Jack Weber and his memoir uh, because I don't, he was just such an entertaining person to talk to. Uh, he had he, so was, many- he
1: was the 99 year old guy that had, had a lot of experience with Lions club, right?
3: Yes. 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 He very committed to Lions club. Uh, and he had a lot of great stories about that experience with that club. And also just with his life in general, uh, he just had a lot of stories to tell. And I, it was almost, it was hard picking out which stories I wanted to tell in the article and like I didn't want to take I couldn't I couldn't make it like a 3,000 word piece but um if you want to hear more of his stories go buy his memoir but yeah. <laughs> um yeah I thought he was he was very entertaining and interesting to talk to as well so that was a cool more like a news community story that mm-hmm. I pursued um so
0: Bill so- am I sensing that you might try to get Caitlin back next year as a news intern
1: it, um i i would i would certainly absolutely if she wanted to come back you you've got a spot
0: we graduated by that but <laughs> great
3: i'll yeah. be in touch yeah. well i think the
0: other thing that's really important that's i hate crazy. to say it but it's like one oh of the most God. important qualifications for um our interns is that the person live out here and near here i mean you know we've had interns saying hey i looked like to intern for you i'm like where do you live like uh, queens it's like yeah, that's not going to happen, you know, especially because it's like the you know affordable housing. It always comes back to that, you know. If somebody doesn't already have family uh, connections out here or a place to stay. Um, it's virtually impossible. I
1: yeah, I I, I remember 20, 25 years ago, twenty years ago, we we would have just that interns would would come, and I remember one from from I mean from big schools, Harvard, and uh, you know, and I remember one and uh, Princeton and. And they would come out and they would find a summer rental, affordable summer rental and be able to stay the summer here. And and it's just not it's just not possible anymore. You've got to you've got to have that local connection.
0: Maybe that's what we'll have to do with the Southampton Press Office. All that extra space that we have because everyone's working remote. We'll put little bunks in there and then that'll be our just
1: own. turn it into apartments. Absolutely, Yeah, little
0: apartments for uh, for our reporters and uh, <laughs> and our interns to come hang out in the summer. <laughs> that's actually kind of not a bad idea. <laughs> I have a building's pretty you, big, right? Well well, you joke, but
1: super during uh after Superstorm Sandy, we there were they weren't interns, but there were three reporters that were living in, in one house and it was damaged and they couldn't stay in the house and they slept in the conference room for over a month.
0: Wow. That's something.
1: That's not my idea of fun, but
0: yeah, but, <laughs> but you know, when you're in your twenties, you'll put up with a lot more.
1: I guess, yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it's like summer camp, right? Yeah. Summer camp. <laughs> so are you excited to be going back to school or do you kind of wish that you had a few more weeks with us?
3: Um, I'm excited to be going back, but I think the summer flew by. Um and I really, I enjoyed this internship so much. I really enjoyed writing for you guys and running around, doing stories, meeting new people. I think by the end of the summer, I'll have written over 20 articles, which I think is pretty. Free. Uh,
1: yeah. yeah.
3: Yeah. And I'm really, I'm really happy with that. And think this was and it was a double win because I got to work for you guys and I also got to be living near the beach so
1: <laughs> do you have your your schedule for this year yet do you know what classes you're taking
3: um yes I'll be taking a couple I'll be like having an even split between English courses and communication courses I will be taking a broadcast journalism class so that'll be interesting nice. um and hopefully I'll be able to take the skills I learned from this summer into that course. Uh, but I think the other ones are more, I'm like wrapping up my comm major doing my senior project. Um, and then my English major, I'm taking some higher level courses to just kind of check boxes, but also study things that I'm interested in.
0: Are you going to write for the, for the school paper? Do you think?
3: Probably? Yeah. I enjoy being a part of the school paper, but I think, after this internship, too, I feel more inspired to become more of a presence on the paper after having this internship. Um, it's always been something that I've done in my free time, but I think I'll probably commit more time to pursuing stories for them. I am a part of their news section, so I like to go around campus and like attend events and write about them. Uh, and now I feel like I have more experience in that, so maybe I'll be able to do a quicker turnaround on those types of stories. So,
1: you should seek an editing position.
3: Yeah, that'd be. I, I don't know how that goes because um, I'll be like a senior now, but yeah, I would definitely be interested in that for sure. We'll see. We'll see where the school year takes me. I also have a job in the writing center, so that's also like fun and entertaining. Uh, but also can be hard work time
1: consuming. Yeah. So
3: anything else you want to add or just, I really enjoy my time here and best of luck to future interns. Maybe I'll be returning next summer TBD on where my senior year takes me, who knows, but I really enjoy my summer with the express news group. So.
1: We certainly appreciate all the, all the hard work and you did a, a fantastic job. We were glad to have you.
3: Thank you. Well, thank you so much for having me on the podcast. <laughs> it was fun. Thanks for coming on. Of course.
1: 27 Speaks is sponsored by the law firm of Toomey, Latham, Shea, Kelly, Dubin, and Corderaro. Strong advocacy and attentive counsel. Be well advised suffolklaw.com
0: Thank you for listening. Join us again next week to hear what's news on the East End. Our interlude flute music is by Allison O'Reilly. Our opening and closing theme music is Boysdale Blues, written and performed by the incomparable Judy Carmichael. Listen to Judy's weekly show, Jazz Inspired, airing on an NPR station near you, or go to jazzinspired.com. 27 Speaks is a weekly podcast produced by the Express News Group, which includes the Southampton Press, the East Hampton Press, the Sag Harbor Express, 27east.com, and sagharborexpress.com. Find us on the websites or subscribe through Apple Podcasts.